0: Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. His name was Walter. He was 73 years old. And he had been hired through the Senior Citizens Program to help me remodel the foreman's quarters at the Mount Adams Ranger Station. I worked there as a firefighter. But that was only, for, yeah, you can clap about that. But that was only six months out of the year during fire season. And the rest of the time, I'd pick up work there in Trout Lake doing whatever I could. And my dad was a carpenter, and I helped him from time to time, and so I learned the trade. And this one spring, they called me back early because the foreman's quarters wasn't being used as a bunkhouse anymore, and they wanted to turn it into a fitness center. So I went to work in there, tearing out the bunk rooms to make a big great room for the exercise equipment. But the ranger station had been built in the 30s by the Civilian Conservation Corps, and most of the buildings there were these great old historic buildings. And the archeologists told us You cannot change the outside appearance of this building. And we don't really even like you working inside it. (laughs) So I was being really careful to salvage as much of that knotty pine paneling as I could and be respectful of that. And I had figured out that colonial maple stain would perfectly match the 70-year-old patina on that knotty Pine paneling, and you would never see my saw cuts. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it was pretty cool, I thought. So I'd been there for a couple of weeks working on this. I had the rooms tore out. The great room was pretty much done, and I was back in the back framing up some bathrooms, and the boss told me about my new help that I was going to get, which I didn't know was coming. And I was kind of surprised, and I thought, okay, so here's this guy that I don't know, so how can I get some use out of him, make him feel useful, make sure he's safe? I don't really know what his skills are, and I wasn't really looking forward to it. But he showed up on a Monday, and I got to know him. We talked, and Walter had come from the Midwest. He was a widower, he told me. And he had a daughter that he'd left in the Midwest. She was grown and married, had a family. She wasn't really wild about Walter coming out on his own. But this was his big Western adventure. He had always wanted to come West and see the mountains. And he also confessed to me that he had lied about his age to get this job. (laughs) That's right. You had to be between 65 and 70 to qualify for the Senior Citizens Program. And so he had fudged on his application. But I thought, well, you know, that's the kind of thing I probably would have done, you know. So I I had to let that go. I had to laugh. You know, I had liked him for that. So we went to work, and um, I asked him how he felt about sanding. I thought, you know, before I give him any power tools, let's just see what this guy can do. And he was okay with that. So he sanded boards for me all that Monday. And uh, I was working in the back. And the next morning, he came in, and I was standing in the back, holding my cup of coffee, looking at the job, like I did every morning, thinking about what my next move was going to be. And Walter came in, and he came walking back, and he was rubbing his arm. He said, just call me Old Stiffy. (laughs) (laughs) I had to let that go, but I said... I said, what's up, Walter? And he goes, oh, my arm's just stiff from all that sanding yesterday. I said, oh, well, you want to do something else? I'll find something else for you today. He said, no, I'll be all right. I'll work through it. It's okay. So I said, all right. So he went back up to the front, and I started doing the layout for the plumbing for these bathrooms. And I hadn't been in there for more than about 10 minutes and Walter comes walking back there, and he goes, oh, man, i got to sit down. I'm getting kind of dizzy. And he goes for the, for the stool, and he collapsed and fell on the floor right there, right in front of me. And so I ran over there. and I said, Walter, Walter, are you all right? But he had no pulse, and he wasn't breathing. Walter was not all right. They made us take CPR lessons every year. And uh, I didn't know there was going to be a test, Tom. I, but, you know, we never paid much attention. We were, we were young and strong and we were quick as cats, you know. We packed our saws up and down the mountains and so they'd bring out this training dummy called Resusa Annie and we'd laugh and make crude jokes. And, um, but this was no joke. And we were all alone back there. So I started giving him CPR. I, I started giving him chest compressions and a couple of breaths. But one of the things they teach you is, you have to get help. You cannot do it by yourself. You can't save a life by yourself. And you've got to get some help. And there was a phone on the wall right there. It was two steps away. And I knew that you could page the entire compound on the PA system. But I didn't know how to do it. And so I went back to chest compressions. And I gave him some more breaths. But finally I said, fuck it, i got to get some help. And I ran out of there. And I ran across the parking lot. And I was halfway across when the foreman of the fire crew came out of the training center carrying this big stack of books. And I yelled at him, Walter's having a heart attack. And he looked at me, are you serious? And I said, he's laying on the floor in the foreman's quarters right now. And he just dropped that stack of books, and he turned around and went right back inside. And I turned around and hauled ass back to the foreman's quarters. And before I was back in there, I heard him giving the announcement, medical emergency in the foreman's quarters. And so I got back in there, and I went right back to CPR for, for Walter. And the first one there was my buddy Randy. I fought a lot of fire with him. And. Randy didn't know that I had new help, but he knew I was working in the foreman's quarters. And when he came running back there, his eyes were really big. I think he thought it was me. But he, he looked relieved and shocked. And he just sat down on the stool that Walter was going to sit on. And he looked really shocked. Like he might be the next one to fall over. I don't know. He looked like he needed a cigarette really bad, (laughs) but he said, what should I do? And I said, why don't you give the compressions and I'll give the breaths. But right then the door burst open and that room filled up with people like bees on a swarm and I got shoved aside and they said, this room's not big enough, let's get him into the kitchen. So they threw all the chairs into the great room and they shoved the kitchen table out. They drug Walter into the kitchen and they went to work. And um, I was just standing against the wall watching. And I had to wonder what could I have done to change the outcome of what's going on right here, right now. You know, should I have paid more attention in those CPR classes? Um, Why didn't I just grab that phone and dial zero and get the front desk and they could have paged? It would have saved a precious minute and a half. Or maybe I should have told somebody that Walter lied about his age and they would have pulled him off the job and he wouldn't have even been there. I don't think really any of that would have mattered. I think it was just Walter's time. And I wouldn't have wanted to be the one to take that away from him either. So I'm watching and all this is going through my head and and Rodney's there and he tugs me by the elbow. He says, how about us go outside and talk? So we did and the ambulance got there and um, They wheeled him out and put him in there. They were still working on him. They told me later they worked on him for two more hours at the hospital. They didn't give up. But he never fluttered his eyes or said a word. Rodney said, why don't you take the rest of the day off? And I said, no, I'll be all right. It'll be good for me just to go back to work. And he said, Howard, this is a pretty big thing that just happened. You know, what are you really going to get done today? Maybe you should just go home and think things over. So, so I did. And um, I went home to think it over. So now I'm 58 years old. I'm the same age that my dad was when he had his first heart attack. I'm the same age now that my grandfather was when he died on the job of a heart attack. And I could go at any time. But... Um, There's a couple of things. I pay a lot more attention in those CPR classes, at Tom, that I take every year. Yeah. Um, that's right. that's right. But, you know, I think I want to be like Walter. One minute, Walter was on his great Western adventure, and the next minute, he was out of here, gone off, to wherever his wife was and what more could I ask for than that so that was 30 years ago that I went home to think about Walter and I'm still thinking about Walter